You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. Well, as you know, a, a key element in the upcoming budget that the Finance Minister Enoch Godongwana will deliver on uh, Wednesday is government's plan to deal with struggling state-owned enterprises. Historically, we have seen uh, government bail some out, but we have also heard recently that uh, government says that it will no longer be a free-for-all for all SOEs. The biggest problem, of course, in the room, um, ESCOM, and how the government plans to deal with the debt of 422 billion rand that is drowning uh, ESCOM and probably drowning us as well with all the load shedding that we're experiencing. But to discuss this further and to look more broadly at options of funding state-owned enterprises in this uh, country, I'm joined by Olga Constantatos, the head of credit at Future Growth Asset Management. Olga, thanks so much for your time. Uh, We were just reflecting on your piece and we found it uh, pretty uh, interesting Uh, the uh, suggestion that there is a funding plan and a blueprint plan that uh, state-owned enterprises in this country can use. That works. Tell us a bit more about the argument that you were making there. Sure thing. Hi, Fifi, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think what we can all agree on is that what we have been doing to date with the state-owned entities is not getting us the outcome that we want. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, certainly many of the SOEs are in a weak financial position and and are not able to raise the funding or internally generate the funding that they need in order to do the things they need to do. You know, build the roads, fix the ports, fix the harbors, uh, build generation um, capacity, fix the transmission line. You know, the list kind of goes on. Um, and so, you know, when when a balance sheet is constrained, one needs to look at other innovative financing solutions. And that's where uh, public-private partnerships can come to play. And what that really does is it co-opts private sector capital. And, and, you know, before you think private sector capital, you know, what is that? That's really the nation's savings. That's certainly who we speak for as a fiduciary third-party asset manager. Um, and, harnessing, you know, harnessing the nation's savings in infrastructure uh, development, um, you know, on, on commercial sound terms. Obviously, this is people's pension funds, and you know, as fiduciaries, we're required to ensure that they earn a, a proper return. And and what that looks like is, in terms of these public-private partnerships, is clear frameworks, clear risks, uh, clear risk sharing. Sorry, uh, rights and obligations that are legally documented. It's been done with great success. We've seen it in the renewable energy and independent power producers program, the REAP program, where over 200 billion rands of capital has been deployed um, over a number of years in generating some 8,000 additional megawatts of electricity, um, which you know is obviously much needed in terms of the grid. And I think the important thing is that it's, it's been a very clear framework that has provided everybody's um, there's certainty for everybody in terms of what their rights and obligations are, and also the 200 billion rand has been spent very efficiently, with to date no hint of any malfeasance or corruption or allegations of any of that um, with that spending. So it's, it's a very efficient way of also spending spending the money. Okay, so are you saying that we can adopt a, a one size fits all approach then, using the uh, REAP program and the success thereof, and applying it to all SOEs? Um, Look, I think it needs to be adapted. I think before we go down that road, I think what needs to happen is government needs to execute on its own intention, and this dates back, this intention dates back uh, from 2013, uh, with some uh, research that government commissioned um, 
in terms of what to do with the SOEs. And there's very clear steps there around re-looking at all the SOEs, looking to see which ones are needed, which ones are not needed, which ones require legislative updates, uh, which ones require um, sexual reform. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole pile, I mean, it's like 170 page documents. So there's a whole pile of stuff in there. And, and unfortunately, almost none, I, I hazard to say none, of those um, interventions and those plans have been implemented in the 10 years since 2013. Um, and so I think what's needed is a critical look at what SOEs does the country have, which ones does it need, which ones um, you know, does the state need to retain an ownership of, which ones can it sell an ownership and raise capital in that way, uh, which ones um, can raise capital you know, using these public-private partnerships. What's needed with, with, with this is, with the public-private partnership um, element, is, is some form of, of, of payoff profile. So, so if I give you an example, the, the capital that gets expended on these big capital projects is often done upfront. So it'll take, you know, 18 months for a new power plant to be, you know, a solar plant or a wind plant to be um, um, executed and before that power is, is up and running, that capital has to be spent up front and then the, the capital provider um, generates their return from some form of repayment that happens um, under, the, under the arrangements. And how that's usually regulated, certainly in the REIT, is a take-or-pay agreement, which is where ESCOM effectively agrees if you produce the electricity, ESCOM will take it, and here is the cents per kilowatt hour that ESCOM will be paying. And so that provides a lot of certainty for capital to invest upfront, knowing that there is a 15-year um, uh, repayment profile for, you know, for that capital. So, so I think a one-size-fits-all approach would be mis- misguided. I think there are nuances to to the you know to to the, the PPP type program. There are some some SOEs that it would not be applicable for. But I think government needs to decide for itself which data entities it needs to retain and and what's going to happen with them. Okay, so you uh, are then uh, saying that perhaps there is merit to conversations. And suggestions that some state-owned enterprises would be better managed in private hands. Certainly, I mean, I think state-owned entities that provide a commercial service for which there is already competition. Airlines is a classic example of that. You know, is it? It's a question. Is it really something that the state can do better? Than, than commercial operators and, and, and subject to you know the competition of the market. I think the, the critical thing is that the state doesn't need to do everything. You know, the state should be creating an environment of legislation, an environment of tariffs, an environment of um, you know the, the, the frameworks really, um, and, and it needs to be created. So doing its role in creating those, and then allowing you know capital to do to do its thing. Um, and so, there, yeah, there are certainly some entities where it is, you know, a case can be made for um, a, a competitive environment and, and the private sector providing a more competitive service um, than, than, you know, than the state can. So I think the state doesn't have to do everything itself. Right. That's, a, that's a critical yeah, a piece that needs to be acknowledged. All right. But uh, in the or under the frame of uh, the public-private partnership route where state and government work uh, together, uh, you say that uh, that framework, uh, everyone knows their roles and responsibilities, and it also outlines what happens when you don't meet up to your responsibilities. There is recourse for that. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, if the the power isn't produced by the REAP, ESCOM doesn't have to pay. Sure. <laughs> Likewise, if the power is produced and ESCOM takes it, the the solar farm 
it can rely on the fact that ESCOM will pay and frankly in REAP what has happened and it's important to note that this is necessary because of ESCOM's weak financial state on a standalone basis what is needed in REAP is you know it's very difficult from a credit point of view to be, to be taking a 15 year standalone view on you know on ESCOM it doesn't generate enough cash flow even to service the existing debt that it has never mind any additional obligations and so then in that instance where the state can also provide some support is through the guarantee program which effectively says in the REAP that if ESCOM doesn't pay for the electricity it has procured, then National Treasury will, will step in. And that provides the framework of risk sharing that is appropriate and provides um, you know, us as capital providers the relative degree of, of certainty, not 100% certainty. Obviously, things can and do go wrong, um, but does provide with some certainty in order to allow you know the, the money we speak for, people's pension funds, to take the risk of investing that capital. Okay. Because, Olga, you are speaking from a... Um a position of uh, being a company that essentially has skin in the game because you invest in a lot of the bonds um, that are uh, offered by some state-owned enterprises and even the state-owned enterprises that uh, have uh, struggled in in the recent while. And therefore, I ask you, in terms of the uh, budget that's coming up on Wednesday, what would you like to hear Oh, how long do you have? <laughs> so, so I think the big one really um, is ESCOM and the proposed debt solution. You know, we were expecting something in the medium-term budget in October that was not forthcoming. We were promised something uh, now in February. And so I think expectations are really running high that, that the level of detail and clarity that is needed on uh, yeah, solving in some parts, solving um, ESCOM's debt problem. ESCOM, as you mentioned, I think at the beginning, beginning it's got 222 billion rows of debt. It doesn't currently generate enough cash flow to meet the interest payments on that debt. And so there is very definitely a need to, to address that. I think in conjunction with that, one also needs to hear about what else is going to be done to solve ESCOM's problems. So ESCOM's problem is not just that it has too much debt. It also doesn't have cost-reflective tariffs. It also has an unsustainable high cost base, and it also has this long-standing municipal debt problem, which we understand has ballooned to over 50 billion rand. And um, you know that's that's electricity they've sold to large municipal, large and small municipalities, uh, for which they have been unable. Unwilling, it's not clear uh, to collect the money that's owed to them, and so that obviously has put them together with the other three things I mentioned, um, put them under significant financial strain. And so I think the interventions at ESCOM certainly for us go beyond just addressing the debt, um, and really we do need to get better clarity on the urgent steps that frankly are long overdue in in returning ESCOM to financial and operational sustainability. Fingers crossed, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, for yep. Thursday's budget, Olga Constantatos. She's the head of credit at Future Growth Asset Management. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.